just a minute. Lord, I want to thank you for this day and what our mothers mean to us and and for this song, Lord. It just speaks to us and and tells us that no matter our problems and and no matter what our mothers have gone through raising their children, that uh, you know and you help them overcome all those problems. And Lord, we thank you for that and just help us always remember through you we can overcome everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like to also wish every mother in the congregation out on this world a happy Mother's Day. May God bless you all and keep you safe in his arms.
please be seated. Okay, we had a little surprise during that song, didn't we? I hope all the ladies got your rose. Did everybody get all the ladies in the church get a rose? Want to make sure everybody's covered here. Good, excellent. All right. All right. <clears throat> How many of you were born to a mother? Okay, that kind of makes all of us. How many of you owe your life to a mother? How many of you were nurtured by a mother or a grandmother or a stepmother or a motherly mentor of some kind? How many of you were taught by women in school and church and impacted your lives? I, I, I think it's obvious that... Uh, Women in our lives have made a, a huge difference to every one of us. And so, being the day that it is, if you are a mother or a grandmother or a stepmother or a motherly mentor or all the ladies of the church, would you stand up and let us honor you today? Let's give them a hand. Thank you so much, and we do honor you. Stay, seat, stay, stay standing. Stay standing. And now, if you were born of a mother and you are able, please stand. That's the rest of us. And let us read responsively our responsive re reading about the mothering God. And by the way, I've already gotten complaints about how long this is, but uh, I, I know, but, it, but it's, it's good, I think. Like a mother eagle teaching her young to fly, you push us to stretch our wings and risk falling, uh, risk falling, yet you do not abandon us. You lift us up, protecting us from evil. Like a mother bear, furious when her cubs are in danger, you defend the young from those who would oppose them. Your spirit comforts us as one whom a mother comforts. Holy Spirit, you are everywhere, the Lord and giver of life. We praise you for the gift of mothers through whom you give us life. We thank you for all those women who did not give us birth, but through whom you give us abundant life. We ask your tender mercies on all those whose mothers now sing with the heavenly chorus for those whose tears are not yet dry. We ask your comforting presence on those mothers who have buried sons and daughters. We pray for those who are alienated from their mothers by harsh words, distance, misunderstanding. We pray for mothers whose children met a violent death. We pray for mothers who work but cannot earn enough to feed and clothe and educate their children. We pray for mothers who are dying. We pray for mothers who are guardians for grandchildren whose parents are unable or unwilling to care. We pray for mothers whose children face limitations of intelligence, emotional, or physical ability. We pray for mothers whose sons and daughters defend our way of life as firefighters, officers of the law, and in the military. Of 
And now, with the bold confidence of beloved children, we pray as Jesus taught his friends to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You may be seated. I want to remind you that we'll be collecting personal care items for Christian community outreach for the next several weeks. We've set a table up over here. Um, I'm on the board, and also my daughter Brittany's on the board for Christian outreach. And we're really struggling right now uh, with personal care items. Uh, if you're unable to purchase those yourself and would just like to donate, uh, make a monetary contribution, uh, Brittany and I would be glad to go and purchase the items and make sure that those get delivered to outreach for you. Our uh, scripture today is Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 34. One day as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. While she followed upon us, she would cry out, These men are slave of the Most High God, who proclaim to you a way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days. But Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I order you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet to the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was an earthquake, so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, we were, we, for we are all here. The jailer called for light, and rushing in, he fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds, then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them, and he and his entire family rejoiced that he had become a believer in God. This is the word of God for you and me. loud voice, so I think everybody can hear me. Oh. <laughs> Never mind, I don't have to use my loud voice, my teacher voice. Well, I'm going to have to talk softly now because I've got the microphone off. Well, as Miss Christine was talking about, Paul and Silas were friends. 
So what do you guys like to do with your friends? What do you like to do? Play with your friends? What do you like to play? Just laughing. I know when I was y'all's age, I loved to play hide and go seek. Do you like to play hide and go seek? And tag. And I had a bunch of little boys in my neighborhood, so we always had to play army. And it was really hard to try to get them to play with Barbies. They were like, no. I was like, y'all can be Ken and I could be Barbie, you know, girl or boy, but they, had, they wouldn't let me. So I had to play army a lot. Well, as Miss Christine was talking about, Paul and Silas were telling each other about the love of Jesus. Um, do you and your friends tell each other and do things um, for others that show the love of Jesus? Do you guys? Kind of, do you show each other that you love each other? Yeah. You give each other hugs? Yeah. That's showing that you love each other, doesn't it? Aw, here's an example right here. Give each other hugs. Aw. <laughs> Well, the people in charge of the law did not like that Paul and Silas, what Paul and Silas were doing. So to keep them from talking, they couldn't say anything about the love of Jesus. They put them in jail. You know, she was talking about how they put them in jail and they chained up their feet. And they were like, you are not getting out. We are putting you in an inner cell and you are not getting out. Well, have you guys ever been in trouble and had to sit in your room? Or it's been raining outside and you had to stay in your room all day long? It was like the most miserable thing, wasn't it? You were like... No? You liked it? You like staying inside, Kevin? Yeah. Oh, video games. Well, of course, yeah, because you can't play video games outside, right? So, okay, what if you're stuck in your room and you could not play with any video games and you had to sit there and stare at the wall because you had nothing to do? You play with your toys? What if your toys were gone? Jump up and down. Sounds like a plan. And then you... On your bed? Yeah, hopefully your mom wouldn't come in, you know, because you know what happens when jump, monkeys jump on the bed? Bump their head. Or like me, I jumped off the bed and I broke my foot. <laughs> Don't do it. So, well, some people like to jump on beds like Kevin. What else do you guys like to do when you're playing your room? But what if your TV didn't work? What if um, it was unplugged and, and electricity was out? What would you do then? Well, you play with Legos? Okay. Well, do any of you guys like to sing? You do? Do y'all have a favorite song you like to sing? All right, sing one for me. <laughs> no? Well, okay. Well, I have one. My, I really like, um, it, she's a Christian singer and her name is Mendisa. You guys know her? She sings that, this morning. No? Okay, well, I have one song that I like. I really like her because... Um, she sings some really good songs. Here's one of her songs, Stronger. I was lip singing actually because we don't want to hear me sing this morning. But I mean, if you were listening to her, wouldn't you like get really excited and be like, hey, I really like her. I'm in a good mood now. That's kind of like how Paul and Silas were. They were singing in jail. Instead of worrying about, um, we'll put her on silent real quick. Technology. Well, Paul and Silas, instead of worrying, they began to sing in jail. Um, they began to sing some songs. Like, do you guys know the Jesus Loves Me song? You want to sing it? All right. All right, you ready? One, two, three. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones who can be. 
a big run of hand. Good job, guys. Well, just like you guys were talking about in that song, what were you saying in the song? What were the first words? Who was it? Jesus loves you. Right, so you guys can sing that to people, or you can sing other songs, kind of like Cal Mandusa. If you listen to her on the radio, she's really good. She has some really good songs. But anybody or you guys can share the love of Jesus anywhere when you sing. That's one way you guys can share the love of Jesus is through singing, kind of like how Paul and Silas did. So, where are we leaving? I want you guys to, like, dance and, like, sing a song as you're leaving, okay? Just kind of like, you ready? All right. One, two, three, go. Sing a song. Sing. Sing. Will you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for bringing all of us together on this beautiful day to celebrate mothers, whether they are mother in the traditional sense or they are mother in a nurturing way. We thank you for all of them. Again, thank you for bringing all of us here together, and please help us to remember that we are blessed each and every day. Amen.
Okay, how many of you remember that? Yeah, okay, I thought so. And I probably know what some of you are thinking right now. You're probably thinking it's official. Tim has truly lost his mind. Uh, before uh, the service started today, Terry caught me. Uh, where's Terry? He was there. He is. Terry caught me uh, uh, before the service and said, "I can't wait to see this. What is the segue between Jailhouse Rock and your sermon for today?" Here it is. <clears throat> As I was uh, driving down a street in Evansville this this past week, I noticed a church sign that was posting the name of this week's sermon. And the, name, the title of the sermon was Jailhouse Rock, and it prompted me to consider whether I have ever titled a sermon after a song by Elvis Presley or not, and, and I don't think I have. I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think I have. I did do a sermon of series, uh, a series of sermons uh, uh, years ago bearing the titles of soap, soap operas, uh, Days of Our Lives and The Young and the Restless and things like that, but I don't think I've ever called on an Elvis song as an inspiration for a sermon. However, as I thought about that title on the church sign, I thought to myself, I'll just bet that that pastor of the church that's preaching his jailhouse rock sermon today is preaching from the same text that I'm preaching from, which is the lectionary text for today. Because our story from the book of Acts really does fit the title of Presley's hit 1957 record, Jailhouse Rocks. In case you didn't get the, the plot of the song, it, it's about a, a group of convicts who throw a party in the j- county jail with good old rock and roll music, and they're having so much fun that they don't want to leave. Well, that's kind of like what happened to Paul and Silas. See, I told you I'd get there, didn't I, Terry? You satisfied? Okay. That's kind of like what happened with Paul and Silas is they spent some some time in jail and they decided to make the best of a bad situation. You see, Paul and Silas were in Philippi where they had been savagely beaten and thrown into jail. And this was not all that unusual for those early followers of Jesus. They they knew what it was like to, to face all kinds of adversity for the sake of their faith. However, They learned how to handle these situations in a magnificent way. And I think that you and I can learn a lot about how to handle adversity by looking at the example of Paul and Silas this morning. And I want you to take take note of three things that I think can help us when we find ourselves in some kind of a, a difficult situation. I want you to notice their attitude. And I want you to know their notice their actions. And I want you to notice the impact that they had on those who observed them. Let's begin with their attitude, first of all. Let me me just add a few more details to our story so far. You see, Paul and Silas had delivered a slave girl from some kind of of an evil spirit that had had allowed her to operate as a fortune teller. And we don't know what kind of spirit this was, but we do know that the owners of this slave girl had been making a lot of money from her abilities. And, well, nobody really cares if you go about doing Christian things as long as as it doesn't interfere with business. But if it does, then people have a tendency to get a little testy. And sure enough, when this slave girl's owners realized that they could no longer make any money off of her because she had lost her abilities to being a, a fortune teller. They grabbed Paul and Silas and they drug him off or drug them off uh, before the authorities, and a mob gathered around to support the owners. And at the first sign of unrest, this cowardly town council ordered Paul and Silas to be stripped and beaten. And then after they were beaten, they were thrown into jail. And the jailer was ordered to keep a close watch on them, so he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. So that's their situation. Unfairly accused, stripped, beaten, thrown into jail, and now in chains. It's pretty obvious that life in the early church was not easy. But how do Paul and Silas respond to this situation? Well, pretty nicely, actually. 
Acts tells us that at about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Kind of like a jailhouse party, huh? A la Elvis. But let me ask you something. Can you imagine what kind of attitude you would have to have if you had been stripped and beaten and thrown into jail and now you break out into song? Hmm. I don't know if I could have done that. I probably would have been lying on my cot in a fetal position whining to God to get me out of this. But not Paul and Silas. They were singing hymns of praise to God. I wish I could do that, don't you? You know, my life at its very worst was is much easier than their life was. And, but my faith doesn't seem to be as strong. I, I worry like you do when, when sickness strikes or when someone I love is in distress. I look at the condition of our economy and I wonder what lies ahead. And, and I have to confess that there are times when my fears and my doubts Put me in chains. And you probably know what I'm talking about. Maybe you've had your own prison experienced. Maybe not necessarily literally, but maybe you're, you're, you're worried about a, a marriage that is falling apart or a, a teenager who's fallen in with the wrong crowd or a job that has disappeared thanks to the, the weak economy. There are all kinds of prison experiences in this world that bond us, bound us. And I don't know what yours might be. Failing grades at school or a bad situation at work, rising costs and diminishing assets. But here's the thing. In the middle of your prison experience, are you able to sing? Maybe you should. I know that neither Paul nor Silas had ever heard anything about biofeedback before, but experts tell us that when we express a positive action, it produces a positive emotion. We are told that people don't necessarily smile because they're happy, but they're happy because they smile. And according to a study at Wake Forest University, Singing out loud is one of the best things that you can do to increase your feeling of happiness. Think about that the next time you're driving down the street and you see that person in the car next to you. Just <laughs> They're being happy. So you see, when, when you are in your own personal prison or you're deep in depression, when every, everything, uh, it seems like everything you try is a failure... When you're about to lose hope, that's the time to, to force yourself to break out in a song, especially a song of hope and joy. See if it doesn't make you feel better. I think it did for Paul and Silas. And I, I, I doubt that that's why Paul and Silas were singing. I, I think that they were probably such people of faith that their songs were, were a, a statement of their confidence in God. But those songs were also a witness to other, the other prisoners there. In fact, the, the writer of Acts makes a point of telling us that the other prisoners were listening to them. Maybe that was one of the reasons they were singing, to be a witness. During a, a perilous journey from London to the British colony of Georgia, uh, two young Anglican Preachers found themselves trapped on a small ship in a big storm. And they, along with all, all of the rest of the passengers on, and the crew there, were, they were afraid for their lives, but there was one exception to the panic on board that ship. You see, there was a, a group of Moravians who spent the entire storm singing hymns and praising God. And these two Anglican preachers were so impressed by their faith that they sought them out and spent more time with them and when they got back to London, they began to worship with the Moravians there in, in London. And, and one night at a service on Aldersgate Street, one of those young men experienced what he called a warming of the heart. His name was John Wesley. He became one of the most effective evangelists of the 18th century. 
He founded the Methodist church that has brought millions of people into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And all of that happened because John Wesley had been inspired by the singing of a group of Moravians in a very difficult situation. My friends, singing in a storm or a prison or in a bad marriage or wherever it might be, it can be a powerful witness. So let's continue our story. Paul and Silas were singing hymns in prison, and that was their attitude. That kind of shows us what their attitude was. Then suddenly, the the, uh, book of Acts tells us, there was such a violent earthquake that it rocked the foundations of the prison. And all all at once, the doors of the prison flew open and everyone's chains were loose. And what is important here is what Paul and Silas did when that earthquake took place. What were their actions? Well, they didn't try to escape. They didn't try to run like you or I may have done. Instead, Paul and Silas had a radical faith. And they believed that God was with them regardless of their circumstances. They didn't panic when the earthquake happened. And neither did they take off running when the cell doors flew open. And we're not told why, but but maybe it was out of concern for the jailer. Because they knew that this jailer had been ordered to keep a close eye on them They were his responsibility, and if they escaped, he would be in serious trouble. In fact, he was so afraid that the book of Acts tells us that with all this racket and the commotion of the earthquake, he woke up, and when he saw that the prison doors were all open, he drew his sword, and he was about to kill himself because he thought all the prisoners had escaped. But that's when Paul shouted and said, Don't harm yourself, we're here. Now, that's not really typical jailhouse behavior, is it? (laughs) Most people would be fleeing for the doors. But this is the behavior of of people who are at peace with God. And you know, sometimes we we are prevented from improving our situation simply because we're in such a panic that we don't think straight. James Brown of Wildsville, Louisiana, tells about taking flying lessons a while back, and his instructor told him to put the plane into a steep and extended dive. And when he did that, he was not prepared for what was about to happen. You see, after a brief period of time, the engine stalled and the plane began to plunge out of control. And it soon became evident that the instructor was not going to help him at all. And so after a few seconds, which seemed like an eternity to him, Brown said that his mind began to function again and he quickly corrected the situation. He immediately turned to his instructor when they were safe and and began to vent his frustration. And his instructor calmly said, there's no position that you can get this airplane into that I cannot get it out of. And And if you want to learn how to fly, then you need to go up and do it again. Brown says, at that moment, God seemed to be saying to me, remember, As you serve me, there is no situation that you can get yourself into that I cannot get you out of. So if you trust in me, you'll be all right. My friends, that's the faith that Paul and Silas had. They didn't panic. They didn't run. And out of their concern for that jailer who had the responsibility of keeping an eye on them, They stayed where they were, even though where they were was not where they wanted to be. So we've seen in this adverse situation, we've seen Paul and Silas' attitude singing in the jail. We've seen their actions, trusting in God and staying where they were. And now we're going to see the impact that these attitudes and actions had on others. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself. And Paul shouted out, don't harm yourself, we're all here. And at this, the jailer ran in and fell down in front of Paul and Silas. and, And he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? 
That jailer had seen their attitude in a very difficult situation. He had seen their actions, the actions of men of integrity and faith. And the jailer obviously said to himself, Hey, I want what they've got. And folks, let me tell you something. That is evangelism in its purest form. The jailer brought them out and and asked them, Sir, what must I do to be saved? But it wasn't because they had knocked on their door and in, in some kind of an evangelistic campaign. And it wasn't because disciples had, con- had confronted him and asked, if you were to die tonight, where, would you go to heaven? It was because he saw that Paul and Silas not only talked the talk, but they walked the walk. He could see by their attitudes. He could see by their actions that these were special people. These were God's people. These were people of faith. And he wanted to be one of God's people too. And so he cried out to them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to everybody else in his house. And that very night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds and and immediately he and his whole household were baptized. Then the jailer brought Paul and Silas into his house and he fed them and he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. Now notice the difference between Paul's conversion and the jailer's conversion. When Paul was converted, there was a blinding light and Paul heard the very voice of God, of Christ himself speaking to him and it was a dramatic and somewhat traumatic experience. But that poor jailer, he he didn't have that kind of experience. In his case, he was simply exposed to the attitudes and the actions of two genuinely Christian people. And that was enough for him to decide to become a follower of Jesus. And folks, let me tell you something. That's how most people come to know Christ. They don't come to know Christ because they've had some kind of a dramatic experience in their life. Most people come to Christ because of because some ordinary Christian's faith went viral. These ordinary Christians live their lives in such a way that the people around them were infected. Now today's Mother's Day. And many of us are here today probably because of the impact that our mothers had on us. Probably most of us are in some degree or another. Some years back there was a lady named Ruth Simmons who became the president of uh, Smith College. It's one of the country's most elite institutions of higher learning for, for women Now, Simmons is is the great-great-granddaughter of slaves. She began her journey to the presidency of Smith College on a cotton farm in Grapeland, Texas, where her parents were sharecroppers. A little later in her life, the family moved to a poor section of Houston, Texas, where her father worked in a factory, and her mother scrubbed the floors of white families. So how did such a humble beginning lead to a career that led to the top of academia? Well, Simmons says, I had a remarkable mother. She would sometimes take me with her to work when I was a little girl, and the thing that I remembered so vividly is how good she was at what she did. She was very demanding in terms of her own work, Do it well and do it thoroughly, she'd say, whatever you do. At her inauguration, President Smith carried a Bible that her mother had given to her father on their wedding day. And she said, I know that the Smith Board of Trustees thinks I'm trying to live up to their standards that they have set for me, and that's okay. 
But really, she said that she's aiming towards a higher standard. Every day I'm here, she said, I try to be the kind of person that my mother wanted me to be. Some of you have mothers like that. But even if you didn't, most of you are here because you were exposed to someone along your, your way, along the way of life, who did their very best to live like Jesus. You saw something in that person's attitudes and actions that made you say, I want what they have. And that's the way it works. So let me ask you something. Would your attitudes and actions cause someone to want to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Being an effective witness to Jesus, it really isn't brain surgery. Just live your faith, regardless of your circumstances. Talk the talk. Walk the walk. And sooner or later, you'll be having an impact on those who are listening and watching. May that be the case for each of us here today. And happy Mother's Day. Amen. Let's sing our invitation hymn, O Perfect Love. What a perfect song, uh, number 512. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Christ, or perhaps you'd like to unite with our congregation today. Or perhaps you feel like you need a time of prayer this morning as we uh, sing together. If God is dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you to come as we sing number 512, O Perfect Love. Would you come? Mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, says the Lord. Let us go now in the comfort and the peace of the one who gave birth to us. Let us go in the assurance that the Comforter is with us always. Let us go to give comfort and peace to those who we meet. O God, guide us as we go forth into your paths of peace. May the Lord our God give us blessings more precious than silver or gold, and may we find joy in sharing these blessings with others. And may God empower us to change our world in the name of the God who, like a mother, smothers us with love. Amen. Amen. In sharing these blessings with others. And may God empower us to change our world in the name of the God who, like a mother, smothers us with love. Amen.